Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, August 30th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We've added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We've added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every weekend reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We've also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kitavo, and it means, When you go in. Deuteronomy 28, 1-20 If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, the Lord will establish you as His holy people, as He swore He would do. Then. All the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land He swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain 
at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be cursed. The Lord himself will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in everything you do until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. Job 34, 1-36-33 Then Elihu said, Listen to me, you wise men. Pay attention, you who have knowledge. Job said, The ear tests the words it hears, just as the mouth distinguishes between foods. So let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. For Job also said, I am innocent, but God has taken away my rights. I am innocent, but they call me a liar. My suffering is incurable, though I have not sinned. Tell me, has there ever been a man like Job with his thirst for irreverent talk? He chooses evil people as companions. He spends his time with wicked men. He has even said, why waste time trying to please God? Listen to me, you who have understanding. Everyone knows that God doesn't sin. The Almighty can do no wrong. He repays people according to their deeds. He treats people as they deserve. Truly God will not do wrong. The Almighty will not twist justice. Did someone else put the world in his care? Who set the whole world in place? If God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, all life would cease and humanity would turn again to dust. Now listen to me if you are wise. Pay attention to what I say. Could God govern if he hated justice? Are you going to condemn the Almighty Judge? For he says to kings, you are wicked, and to nobles, you are unjust. He doesn't care how great a person may be, and he pays no more attention to the rich than to the poor. He made them all. In a moment they die. In the middle of the night they pass away. The mighty are removed without human hand. For God watches how people live. He sees everything they do. No darkness is thick enough to hide the wicked from his eyes. We don't set the time when we come before God in judgment. He brings the mighty to ruin without asking anyone, and he sets up others in their place. He knows what they do, and in the night he overturns and destroys them. He strikes them down because they are wicked, doing it openly for all to see. For they turned away from following him. They have no respect for any of his ways. They cause the poor to cry out, catching God's attention. 
He hears the cries of the needy, but if he chooses to remain quiet, who can criticize him? When he hides his face, no one can find him, whether an individual or a nation. He prevents the godless from ruling so they cannot be a snare to the people. Why don't people say to God, I have sinned, but I will sin no more? Or, I don't know what evil I have done, tell me. If I have done wrong, I will stop at once. Must God tailor his justice to your demands? But you have rejected him. The choice is yours, not mine. Go ahead, share your wisdom with us. After all, bright people will tell me, and wise people will hear me say, Job speaks out of ignorance. His words lack insight. Job, you deserve the maximum penalty for the wicked way you have talked. For you have added rebellion to your sin. You show no respect, and you speak many angry words against God. Then Elihu said, Do you think it is right for you to claim I am righteous before God? For you also ask, What's in it for me? What's the use of living a righteous life? I will answer you and all your friends too. Look up into the sky and see the clouds high above you. If you sin, how does that affect God? Even if you sin again and again, what effect will it have on Him? If you are good, is this some great gift to Him? What could you possibly give Him? No, your sins affect only people like yourself, and your good deeds also affect only humans. People cry out when they are oppressed. They groan beneath the power of the mighty. Yet they don't ask, Where is God my Creator, the one who gives songs in the night? Where is the one who makes us smarter than the animals and wiser than the birds of the sky? And when they cry out, God does not answer because of their pride. But it is wrong to say God doesn't listen, to say the Almighty isn't concerned. You say you can't see Him, but He will bring justice if you will only wait. You say He does not respond to sinners with anger and is not greatly concerned about wickedness. But you are talking nonsense, Job. You have spoken like a fool. Elihu continued speaking. Let me go on, and I will show you the truth, for I have not finished defending God. I will present profound arguments for the righteousness of my Creator. I am telling you nothing but the truth, for I am a man of great knowledge. God is mighty, but He does not despise anyone. He is mighty in both power and understanding. He does not let the wicked live, but gives justice to the afflicted. He never takes his eyes off the innocent, and he sets them on thrones with kings and exalts them forever. If they are bound in chains and caught up in a web of trouble, he shows them the reason. He shows them their sins of pride. He gets their attention and commands that they turn from evil. If they listen and obey God, they will be blessed with prosperity throughout their lives. All their years will be pleasant, but if they refuse to listen to Him, they will cross over the river of death, dying from lack of understanding. For the godless are full of resentment. Even when He punishes them, they refuse to cry out to Him for help. They die when they are young, after wasting their lives in immoral living. But by means of their suffering, He rescues those who suffer. 
for he gets their attention through adversity. God is leading you away from danger, Job, to a place free from distress. He is setting your table with the best food. But you are obsessed with whether the godless will be judged. Don't worry, judgment and justice will be upheld. But watch out, or you may be seduced by wealth. Don't let yourself be bribed into sin. Could all your wealth or all your mighty efforts keep you from distress? Do not long for the cover of night, for that is when people will be destroyed. Be on guard. Turn back from evil, for God sent this suffering to keep you from a life of evil. Look, God is all-powerful. Who is a teacher like Him? No one can tell Him what to do, or say to Him, You have done wrong. Instead, glorify His mighty works, singing songs of praise. Everyone has seen these things, though only from a distance. Look, God is greater than we can understand. His years cannot be counted. He draws up water vapor, and then distills it into rain. The rain pours down from the clouds, and everyone benefits. Who can understand the spreading of the clouds and the thunder that rolls forth from heaven? See how he spreads the lightning around him, and how it lights up the depths of the sea. By these mighty acts he nourishes the people, giving them food in abundance. He fills his hands with lightning bolts and hurls each at its target. The thunder announces his presence, the storm announces his indignant anger. 2 Corinthians 4, 1-12 Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us, Paul and his co-workers, this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of a God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, is Lord, is Yahweh. And we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts, so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Yeshua may also be seen in our bodies. 
Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Yeshua so that the life of Yeshua will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Psalm 44, 1-8 O God, we have heard it with our own ears. Our ancestors have told us of all you did in their day, in days long ago. You drove out the pagan nations by your power and gave all the land to our ancestors. You crushed their enemies and set our ancestors free. They did not conquer the land with their swords. It was not their own strong arm that gave them victory. It was your right hand and strong arm and the blinding light from your face that helped them, for you loved them. You are my King and my God. You command victories for Israel. Only by your power can we push back our enemies. Only in your name can we trample our foes. I do not trust in my bow. I do not count on my sword to save me. You are the one who gives us victory over our enemies. You disgrace those who hate us. O God, we give glory to you all day long and constantly praise your name. Proverbs 22, 10-12 Throw out the mocker and fighting goes too. Quarrels and insults will disappear. Whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. The Lord preserves those with knowledge, but he ruins the plans of the treacherous. I want to speak to you today from our reading from the book of Job, from Job 34 to 36. And Elihu is speaking to Job, and he's a younger man, and he's basically strongly chastising and rebuking Job and saying, look, you must have done something wrong. You must have some sin in your life. This is why all these great sufferings have come upon you. And he talks about, you know, who are you to accuse God? And God is always just and he's righteous. And if you'll just repent, then he'll restore you. So the underlying assumption here is that Job is suffering because he has sin in his life. Is that always the case? Absolutely not. Recall the story of the blind man that Yeshua healed. And then those around him questioned him and said, Did he, was he blind because of his own sin or because of the sin of his parents? And that sin came upon him. And he answered and said, No, it was for the glory of God. In other words, there was this tremendous moment of healing and his eyes were opened and he could see for the glory of God. So it wasn't because of his sin that he was born blind. So we have to understand then that there are times that we go through sufferings that, yes, it is related to a sin. Um, A case in point, if I steal something and get caught, if it's something really big that I stole, like a truck, I'm going to end up in jail and I'm going to do some jail time. 
And so my choice, my sin, is what brought the suffering upon me. But there's other times when we go through sufferings, and it's because others have sinned against me. I think about the January 6th political prisoners, and there's not 900. There's now 1,200 that are languishing away in the Washington, D.C. prison gulag. 1,200 who've not had their day in court, who've not had justice brought forth that normally should be released on bail, on a bail bond, until their court date. And instead, they hold them in prison, and justice is delayed. And there's a saying, justice delayed is justice denied. So, many times we go through sufferings And it's not because of our sin. It's because sin is being done against us. For example, you know, another example, case in point, a husband is unfaithful to his wife, has an adulterous affair, and then ends up leaving. He abandons the the wife and the children and runs off with the girlfriend. That actually happened to me. And so was it through any fault of my own? No, he made a choice. Now, was I a perfect wife? Of course not. But, you know, he sinned, and I suffered the consequence of it for the next two decades uh, in raising my children alone as a single mom. So why do we go through sufferings then? Sometimes it is a test. God wants to see what we're made of. He wants to see, will we still trust him? Will we still keep our faith in him and cry out to him? Will we turn away? And this is what it is with Job that in recall in the very opening chapters of the book, Hasatan comes up to Satan and God says to him, look at my son Job. He's a righteous man. And Satan says, well, the only reason he loves you and he's righteous is because you have put a hedge of protection all around him and you've blessed him. But take away the blessings. Let me uh, attack him and let's see if he still praises you and trusts in you. And so it was a big test. And so we go through suffering sometimes and it's a big test. So wisdom is... Father, show me what this test is about. I want to pass it. I want to pass the test. Sometimes it's a test of will you forgive? Sometimes it's a test of will you trust? Will you trust the Lord? Sometimes it's a test of of, will you love unconditionally? Will you continue to love even when you are being wronged or not being loved back? or you are being ignored, will you still love? So a good way to pray when you're in the midst of a trial or a suffering is to pray and say, Lord, this looks like a test to me. Show me what this test is about. I want to pass the test. And he'll reveal it to you in prayer. So we're rapidly coming to the closing chapters of Job, and we will see how it all Uh, concludes and what the Lord has to say in the midst of all of this. We'll continue in Job tomorrow. Have a blessed day and Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. (laughs) 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.